the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Will Jacobs. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Back at you with another episode. But this time, the run couldn't last forever. (laughs) It couldn't no. last forever. It was a good run while it lasted. It was a good run. We had a yeah. good three, four we shows. We did with the whole crew together. But Jason, he, uh, Jason Allen King's back on the road. Well, we did, yeah, because he wasn't here last week either. No, but last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he. So, had, so this is his second Blair week not here. Yeah. So this, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, he's um, he's still on the road then. Well, he wasn't on the road last week though. I think he was. Then he came back and then left again? I think so. Oh, or maybe he never came back. I don't know. We don't know where Jason be I can, at. I we can barely to... tell you where I am right now. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> the thing about a podcast with three dudes like over 40 <laughs> is that <laughs> sometimes people just be missing and, and we really don't know uh, where anybody is. Now, if we still had Sammy or Spencer or one of these younger folks, oh, they can t- oh, they like yep. GPS tracking devices. <laughs> they can tell you, oh, well, Will said he's going to be at another. They can do that kind of stuff. Us, yeah. it's like, yeah. shit, man, I don't know. Where did he? He's either in Waco or Charlotte. <laughs> or Pittsburgh. What was it? <laughs> that happens a lot. Uh, but either way, he he's not here. Um, he's not here this week. So we're gonna have to make this thing work without him. We'll limp along. Yes, we will limp along. Now, uh, I must say that I need to extend a congratulations to Jason for being one of the semifinalists. Yes. For the Keenan Thompson Ultimate Comedy Experience, Charlotte. That's awesome. Yes, uh, Jason and Christian Johnson are the two finalists that have an opportunity to go to New York, out of Charlotte. Uh, So I think it may involve some sort of social media component, some voting or something like this. I think that's what happens. I know the year before me, I think it came down to uh, Brent Blakeney, who eventually won, and I think D.S. Sanders. Right, yes. That's right. It was the year before you. The year before me. Yes. Now, when I went, uh, there was no such situation. Yeah, because you were up here. Well, I wasn't going to say it. And everybody else. <laughs> I mean, there was, was a, there was, let's, no just say, let's just say there was a clear and distinct winner uh, <laughs> my year. But everybody can't, you know, that's not going to be everybody's situation. Some people have to advance and tough it out in the, that's right, you know, the social media battle and all this. Yeah. But they basically were like, uh, well... Uh, we're not even going to go through all that. You are the man, and we can't wait to see you in Manhattan. But, Jason, uh, this this year, Jason is is now, I think, going to have to do that to where one of them is going to go, right? Or maybe none of them is going to go. Or we maybe still both. Don't, I don't maybe exactly both, know. Maybe both, maybe none. Yeah. It, it could go any kind of way, but we know that Jason is in, he's one of the final two out of this city. And for no. that, that alone deserves. That's awesome. Yeah, that. that now you were there at the close. show. You were you were the headliner, mm-hmm. as it were. You were. You, yeah. You, you closed out that show. You said Jason had a great set. Jason did have a great set. Jason had a really good set. 
And Chris and Johnson had a really good set. Uh, had I had to pick, it probably would have been those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have, I would have been, um, I, I probably would have said one of those two. Uh, yeah, they were good. They were good. And when I saw it, though, you never know what the judges are thinking, though, because sometimes you think it's just about who laughs the most, right? And they're looking for something different. You yeah. just not like I've done these auditions before for things and competitions for things and sometimes I felt like I got more laughs whatever but there was a style they were looking for or a theme they were looking for you just don't really know yeah. and that you're, you're kind of blind about that part so though whatever the criteria criteria were these are the two guys yeah now they don't tell you that night right like no. they announce a day or two after yeah there's a couple of days that after that and then they uh they inform you yeah. so it was weird though because I don't know how the I remember when I wanted they uh they emailed me or called me and told me the news didn't they tell you at a at a at a party or something right because didn't Hef tell you no nah, i don't know i don't think shit i don't even well there's 40 again i don't remember <laughs> i don't really remember i know no one of them i think he told me i was one of the finalists okay. or something but there was no social media component it was they were yeah, deciding it was just you were, and yeah. it was just you, you're the guy and so they uh, called me, though. But one of the people from the contest called me to tell me that I won. And that's when I announced it to social media. But then I saw with Jason and Christian that some of the other folks in the competition were tagging them, saying, hey, congratulations, guys, moving on yep. to the semifinal. And I'm like, did they know before or at the same time as them? Because to me, it's kind of weird to have that kind of news and have yeah. other people blast your news like that. Like, I, you know... I don't know. I, I I understand people being excited and wanting to congratulate, but at the same time, like it it, it felt like someone like that person's news to announce. So it's exactly. like if you're finding yeah. that out, you'd rather find out from Jason yeah. or Christian than people saying congrats, guys. Yeah, you know. So so well, I don't know whether they already knew, and then they just were slow to post it or they posted. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird too. Even like to have a competition. Yeah. And not name a winner the night of the show because then you kind of lose that moment at the end, yeah. You know of the show where you get to bring in the. Well, the, the problem trip. is that some of the people that review, some of the people that decide on the winner are not on location. Yeah. yeah. So they're sending off those videos to uh, to Mary Lindsay and some other folks from Keenan's team uh, that that look at him and decide who moves on. I think Keenan looks at him too. So that so none of that stuff's gonna happen that night. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, we definitely, you know, we pulling for Jason, pulling for Christian too. I Yo, hope, I hope both those guys go. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, Jason being here, um, you know, it'd be it'd really be good to see him see him do that. Now here, you know, I, I I've had a good run of being the only person here to win that thing. <laughs> now, that, when I first heard the news, I was like, "Good for Jason!" And I'm like, "Damn, let's take away one of my bragging points." But I've got so many others. We're never is- we're never gonna not talk about it if the two of you. <laughs> It's because between you and Jason talking about it. It usually just feels so good to look at Jason and be like, yeah, remember the year when I won? (laughs) (laughs) It felt so good to do that. It'll just be the the Kenan Thompson winner's podcast. Yeah, yeah. I guess it will be, man. But it was just so nice to humble him real time. Just watch him. I'm going to enter it next year and I'm going to (laughs) win. Yeah, Probably what's going to happen. Well, Jason has a long history of Doing shit I do, <laughs> so not so that part of it doesn't surprise that me at true. all. I that can't name true. a gig, I can't name a function, I can't name a podcast 
<laughs> in interview, no, everything I've done, Jason's up next. This guy, I'm like his offensive lineman. He's just following my block. true. You're setting him up. This He's is, knocking him down. I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm getting, I'm like, Jason, just stop entering stuff that I get in, okay? Just, just chill sure with all that shit. Um, Keenan Thompson, by the way, a little bit bit of uh, breaking Keenan Thompson news this yes, week. Yes, yes. Will host the White House Correspondents Dinner. Yeah, him and uh, what's my man's name? Haas. Uh, 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 Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj. That's yeah. right. Uh, cousin to Nicki Minaj, I believe. That's his... that's what we said. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, Nicki's cousin, Hassan Minaj. Yep. Uh, those two will be t- now. Is, is Trump going to attend? He didn't attend. Oh, the I'm last sure he's one. not. He ain't coming to this. No, one. I'm sure he's not. He's still it, mad. It, yeah, yeah. He's still he's still butthurt. But Keenan yeah. is so. You know, yeah. Yeah. he's not Seth Meyers to no. where you think he's just going to light no, the dude not, on fire. Right. It's not like they're bringing Stephen Colbert. Yeah. And this yeah. Be yeah. It's not John <laughs> Oliver. Like, you know, come on. You know, it's not, no, he ain't going to be there. He ain't going to be there. Well, not with that Hassan Minaj. No. That, that no, part, sorry. if it had just been like Keenan and like Keenan. Keenan yeah. and Cal? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been yeah. Keenan and Cal. There's a 50% chance he'd be there. There's if a 50% it was just chance Keenan. he would have showed up. But uh, that is how Minaj was like, nah. <laughs> Skipping this one. They're going to light my ass up. I'm not sitting there. And he doesn't handle that well. I've no, seen he's him. He's not. He's not. No. Well, the, the, the whole reason he's here now is because Obama lit him up in, in 2012. You know, looking back on that, maybe he should have softened it a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. And him and Seth Myers, man, they really should have. Uh, I knew when when it was almost like the uh, Darth Vader origin story, right, exactly. where you just saw him sitting there, and when um, Seth Myers said something like, "Yeah, uh, I heard that Donald Trump is going to run as a Republican," uh, and all this time I thought he was running as a joke. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you just say, dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to get real serious about this shit now. <laughs> it was bad. And then he said, he said something about Fox and a fox sitting still on his head, talking about his toupee. Right, yeah. It was just really, yeah. it was rough. And here we are, eight years later. <sighs> Watch the State of the Unions with papers getting ripped up. <sighs> everything's fine. Every, everything's fine. Well, we have a... We have a very interesting uh, Democratic primary here. I mean, there's a lot going on. We have uh, we have a raving socialist. <laughs> <laughs> we have a madman. At least, at least that's what <laughs> at least that's what they say on Twitter. <laughs> In some corners of Twitter, we have a raving socialist. We have uh, we have a. So wait, we have a couple of moderates that say, "Oh, we can just build on the progress we've already made. We don't want to rock the boat too much." And then we got a billionaire mm-hmm. that wants to swoop in and buy the whole damn thing, and probably will. Yeah, all of this in the backdrop is all the fallen black and brown candidates because <laughs> uh, the Democratic Party <laughs> has no use for that. So, so the, and then we have Elizabeth Warren, who's my girl. I love me some Liz. Uh, but, you know, all my, a lot of my friends are like, oh, Liz, come on, Elizabeth. If she just wants to give away, give away. I'm like, listen, okay, uh, she's speaking my language. <laughs> First of all, these concepts, just, these concepts of giveaways, they want to give away free stuff. No, no, we pay the taxes. We're just saying yeah, where we want it to go. Right, exactly. It's uh, You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a giveaway. Like, we have free public education. Like, just extend it to colleges. 
we already pay this money, and we're just saying, you know, rather than make it so Amazon doesn't pay any taxes, we'd like to do it, you know, send it towards college. Yeah. And people are like, giveaways. Socialism. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Shouts out to Jeff. He says he's going to give $10 billion to climate change. Yeah. Which just says to me he hasn't been taxed enough. <laughs> Why do you have $10 billion well, to he, flick at climate change? He was, he was cleaning out the inside of his car and opened up the ashtray. And there was $10 billion there he forgot he had <laughs> in the ashtray of his pickup. It's like, damn, I was wondering. <laughs> I knew I forgot. I thought I left it in my pants. $10 billion. That is... It is obscene. You won't even feel it. No, I think at a certain point, man, you should have you should have to give some that money back. Like there's a there should be a cap on how much you can just have. Like yeah, I mean, I I I, I have no problem with what he's built. I mean, he you know he disrupted the retail industry. He's done. Uh, he, he he figured it out. Sure, you know, and good for him. Sure. And he should he should he should profit from that. But he should also. Pay taxes. Give a little bit. Yeah, if I have to pay taxes on the on the chicken feed that I make, right, right, then Amazon should have to pay taxes on the billions and billions of dollars that they're bringing. And here's the other part: let's not make it sound like he was just Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant, and it was this soul exactly. quest. Like he had right. workers working for him. Of he was using right. roads we pay for, yes. security we pay for, tax breaks we pay for. So we funded a lot of this ascent. Yes. So it's so the idea that he just did it all alone from his basement and now he's a billionaire and we're trying to take his money. No, like we put in on that too. Yeah. Like we put in on that. Yeah. You know? He didn't do that by himself. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I think that uh what I what I what I would do is uh I would have it where every billionaire at a, as a matter of fact, the second you hit a billion, uh, you got to give away the rest. And you know what? You can pick where you send it. You can send it to, to STEM programs. Mm -hmm. You can send it to climate change, infrastructure, uh, wherever you want to send it, but it gots to go. <laughs> you can't get that. We'll send it in your name, but it gots to go. We'll put your name on the building. We'll put your name on the building. Let's, we'll do that. The Mike Bloomberg STEM Center. At Howard University, absolutely. Whatever, wherever you want it to go, you can you you send it wherever you want. But uh, nah, you can't just stack it up in your casket. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> or give it to your lazy ass kids. <laughs> no, it goes back to the country. A billion's enough. Yes, a billion is enough. I balled out once on three thousand dollars in a student refund. A a billion dollars is enough to, you know, yeah. what, what else do you need? We're going to stifle American engineers. Not if you want a billion. <laughs> You're not going to stifle a damn thing. Yeah. Just, you know, then, then all of a sudden, we, man, we cure cancer, and it'd be like the Bloomberg doctor. Not doctrine, but the, but the, what would you call it? The what Bloomberg pill. What the, the Bloomberg. We cure cancer and call it the Bloomberg. You give me that Bloomberg injection. <laughs> That doesn't sound right at all. I don't, I don't care. You, yeah, I'm just saying, we could cure major diseases. We could cure hunger. We could cure homelessness. And you could just call it the, the Bloomberg plan. The Bloomberg program. The Whatever. Put your name on it. When they look back at the history books and say, man, how did they get rid of cancer? It's a picture of Michael Bloomberg. That's good enough, man. That's all you should need.
<sighs> but I got a lot of ways between now and the presidency. I, there's a lot I got to do before I get to that. Yeah, well, yeah. First of all, I got to go up to New York because I found out that I won the Kenan Thompson competition last year. They invited me back mm. to come up and perform at Caroline's on, on Broadway wow. again. Well, there yeah. you go. So you can talk about that for the next 12 months. Yeah, so I will still, no matter what happens with Jason, I'll have two, one more trip than him. You'll have two performances yes. at Caroline's. Now, if they let him go back again, then I got to figure out something yeah. else. To well, do. you know they're going to. I got to host a correspondence dinner <laughs> after that. But at this, point, at this point, at this point, uh, I will still be one ahead of him. That's all that matters to me, of course. But this time, I don't get, I don't get um, the hotel and the stipend. So the rest of it is on my dime. So you're gonna sleep in the gutter? And- no, brother. I'm getting a room at the W again. I'm oh. getting, I'm getting a room because here's what happens, man. Like a lot of the people from Keenan's team uh, hang out at the W. Uh, the lobby, you know, because they all got rooms there. So that's when people sit and talk. And, oh no, I, I know such and such just for laughs. Give me your name. Da, da, da. You know, it, you know, if they like you, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff happens. So to be in those conversations and to be around all that, yeah, I'm working on such and such with that new HBO thing. That those conversations are happening all the time. Yeah. So ju- I just I want to be around that as late as that goes, and not have to go to a hotel or somewhere far off yeah. at three in the morning. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, remember, I'm forty now. You've got to take a cab to the Motel Six at three in the morning and Listen, leave everyone in the W. Yeah, if I'm leaving gonna, somewhere yeah. at three in the morning, there cannot be anything between me and my bed but an elevator. That's <laughs> all. I cannot go across town, yeah. or I'm, I'm sleeping in somebody's room. Yeah. I'm not leaving. So I just figured, just pony up. Get the uh, get the room for the three nights: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Fly out Monday. Okay, yeah. so you don't have to tell me. Yeah, but just give me like an. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. How much on a weekend? Yeah. In April. Yeah. You said Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So three nights at the W. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. You just kind of give me the the hairy eyeball when I'm I'm gonna say somewhere around three fifty a night. Yep. Whew. See, it's gonna be about a thousand dollars. Yep. Yep. So it'll be a thousand dollars for that, and then I gotta fly up. Yeah. I'm not driving. Well, no. So then that you know it's probably another four hundred something like that. So the whole trip in total might probably cost about two thousand dollars. Hmm. But it's, I mean, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Well, well listen, or twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Man, yeah. With what we get paid here, that's well, not really something. That's true. I don't have to think about that. That's, that's true. That, that's true. We take care of you. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, that's that's one of those uh, things that. Yeah, uh, you got to do. Willi- it. Yeah, I'm willing to. I'm willing to pony up for. Um, and then I figure Friday. Because Saturday night, they're all going to be going to SNL and doing all that stuff. And you do not get to do that. I don't get to do that unless I can weasel my way into the after party. You might party. be able to weasel your way in. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're weaseling now. Yeah, you can, yeah we'll see what I can pull on that after party. But SNL Live, I will not be at. Uh, and then Friday night, um, there's I don't think there's anything going on Friday night. So what I'm going to try to do is hit some of the clubs yeah. Friday and Saturday. Let me see if I can't get over to the cellar. See if I can't get a spot at some of these other places. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe work some of the contacts with the guests we've had on the podcast. Yeah, well, we numbers. were talking about that. Uh, Dove Davidoff. Dove Davidoff. And, uh, uh, you you got to reach out to Paul Hooper. Paul Hooper, yeah. yeah. Hit up Hoop and... Uh, Clint Knorr. Clint Knorr. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a number of them. And then a family friend of mine. We're going to see how it works out. But a family uh, friend is uh, really tight with Louis Black. 
Hmm. And um, I'm hoping he just happens to be up there. That's one of my favorites from day one. So Louis if I can kind of wiggle my way into a little lunch with him or something, yeah. that would be fantastic. But, you know, you just need one person. And then uh, you meet another person and another person. Yeah. So, And then, you know, I'll talk to, to Hef and them and see if they have any connects up there. So I'm going to work my little angles and see what I can pull off up there. But uh, I will be up there. So I will be with either Jason, Christian, both. Uh, you know, whatever. I, I will be seeing them up there. I'll be in the building. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. So uh, that is a good good spot to take a break mm-hmm. at. We have an interview coming up. We do. Yes. Now, Brian, you did this interview. Yeah, uh, I had the opportunity over uh, this past weekend, uh, Sunday night, uh, the headliner at the Comedy Zone was uh, WWE Hall of Fame wrestler Hacksaw. Hacksaw. I can't say it. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, right, exactly. I got to, I got to hoe with him at the end of the <laughs> did at you the end of the interview. Oh! I, I hoed with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. How did I miss that? And uh, he was great. So you know, I'm looking forward to you guys hearing uh, the interview with him. We went uh, a couple places you might not expect us to go. Um, in the conversation, he told a couple um, pretty funny stories about uh, his start and his uh, introduction to wrestling and playing football at SMU in college and stuff. So it was cool. Good deal. Well, uh, everybody, get ready to enjoy that interview, and we will be back on the other end of that. Soreness and pain isn't always the result of activity. This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Prolonged sitting in a car or at your job aggravates muscles and joints and can cause pain. A standing desk can help. The key to alleviating the discomfort that sitting can cause is changing positions more frequently during the day. Alternating between sitting and standing at your desk, in addition to taking walk breaks and stretching, can work to loosen those tight muscles and joints. The perfect standing desk should be high enough so your computer keyboard is at elbow level and your monitor at face level to avoid neck strain. Before you start standing at your desk, take into consideration any knee or foot injuries and wear flat, comfortable shoes. This has been your 60-second wellness tip, powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. Uh, welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. We're in the bunker at the Comedy Zone with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Jim, thank you so much. Well, my pleasure, Brian. But you know the first thing Hacksaw Jim Duggan has to do is give a big ho. <laughs> kind of fires me up nowadays. You know, gets the blood flowing, gets the air in the lungs, gets old Hacksaw ready to go. That's right. I'd, I would have been disappointed if you hadn't done that. I, I said think. everybody should gotta... start the morning off with a good ho. <laughs> I agree. It really gets the blood flowing, I'll tell you, brother. Uh, of course, I was just came back from Las Vegas. So you got to be careful hoeing out there. I'll tell you. Yeah, no kidding, because it everything doesn't stay there. I've well, learned. It's, it's, no, no, you get, you get a shot though; it clears right up. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> I want to ask you a little bit about your early days. And I know you talk a lot about um, a lot about wrestling. You tell um a lot of stories. I mean, your show, but I kind of want to go back a little bit. You were a state wrestling champion in high school. 
Yeah, I had a, I had a great uh, high school uh, career. Uh, you know, in wrestling, you see the movie The Wrestler with that jerk Mickey Rourke. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, all the horror stories about guys res- uh, growing up in these horrible conditions. Yeah. I tell folks, I, I grew up in Mayberry. <laughs> I grew up yeah. uh, upstate New York, close yeah. to the Vermont border. Uh, my dad was chief of police in my town. I had three older sisters. I had a loving, caring family, and still do to this day. My sisters are still with us. Mm-hmm. you know. But uh, So through high school, uh, believe it or not, I won the uh, 1973 uh, New York State High School Heavyweight Wrestling Championship wow. undefeated. My shot put record from 1973 still stands right? today in Glens Falls High. I'm like, get those kids some Cheerios <laughs> up there. You know, wow. it's a good toss, but nothing yeah. spectacular. <laughs> That's Just amazing. Nobody is able to break it. Yeah. And football was my main sport. So I, I was recruited by uh, Woody Hayes at Ohio uh-huh. State, Joe Paterno at Penn State. Yep. Uh, but I ended up playing my college ball in Texas for Fritz, uh, excuse me, for SMU, right. Southern Methodist University. Yeah. And I went down there, and I was able to start as a freshman, and I had a real nice career, which was a motivating factor to go to SMU. Mm -hmm. Because I knew at Penn State, Ohio State, I might play when I'm a junior, senior. I knew going down to SMU, I had a good chance, because that's when freshmen were first eligible to play uh, varsity. So I went down, and I was able to start, uh, set a record for consecutive starts at SMU. Is that right? Yeah, it's, of course, been broken, but... uh, not, that's like my, not like my shot put <laughs> that's, record. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, that's um, before all the trouble at SMU, right? You were there yeah, about yeah, maybe 10 or 12 years before. The, before yeah. uh, the death penalty. Of course, me and Gene Okerlund, you know, he always used to say, we're going to interview uh, interview Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who took a cut and pay to leave SMU <laughs> to go to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm like, Gene, don't be saying that, you know. But, of course, it was the yeah. 70s in college football. Yeah. There was a lot going on, you know, and, yeah. of course, SMU – they really hurt the program bad. I killed the program. Oh, yeah. Well, we're coming back. I, I go yeah. to homecoming every year. Actually, I, w- I was with uh, George W. Bush two years ago for the coin yeah. flip. But yeah. I tell you, Secret Service came over and really checked me <laughs> out. T- I tell you, but I still like to go back and, and catch a game a season. And, yeah. and they went to a bowl game this year. So yeah. slowly but surely coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's taken 20, what, 20, 25 yeah, 20 years, years, 30 years yeah, almost. But back but, in the yeah. day, we were we were in the top 20 all the yeah. time, you know, uh, uh, so we uh, had a great, great run. But the main thing down going to Texas is I met Fritz von Erich, mm-hmm. who is the king of the von Erich family, obviously. And he opened up the door to wrestling. He said, "Hey, you want to be a wrestler, kid?" He came home right up to me at a, a banquet type deal, and I'm like, "No, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I want to be playing football for ten years." But thanks for asking, you know. And of course, I I went to the Atlanta Falcons in 1977 mm-hmm. as an offensive guard. And, Got hurt during training camp, you know, and I had two knee surgeries in 77. Yeah. They cut me in 78. I went up and uh, played a little bit with the, the Toronto Argonauts with the mm-hmm. CFL. You know, I was a dime a dozen offensive guard. I saw I had no real long-term future in football. So I gave Fritz von Erich a call and yeah. said, hey, Fritz, I might want to try that yeah. wrestling stuff. And it was a huge gift he gave me because, you know, back then wrestling was a closed shop. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, if you weren't somebody's son, if you were some really tight connection, you didn't get in our business. Yeah. Of course, nowadays everybody knows a wrestler. Every you know, there's independent shows, you know, twenty in each city. Back then it was a closed shop, and for them to open the door up for an outsider, who wasn't a wrestling fan, who didn't understand the business, uh, was a, a huge gift, and I'm always grateful to what Fritz did for me. 
Well, tell me a little bit more about that um, transition from someone who, as you said, probably wasn't you know necessarily like didn't necessarily see. You couldn't really see a lot of it was on television. Well, stuff, is that an eye really... joke, brother? <laughs> you know, my eyes were crossed forever, man. I, I got a couple C references there, <laughs> no. but you couldn't really watch. Um, <laughs> it was on um, television, but you had to actually go to the shows. You couldn't go to YouTube. No, no, and they had the. Uh, yeah, I couldn't go to YouTube, but they had the the black and white studio yeah. wrestling. You yeah. know, and that's why I joke. You know, that's why our generation was so popular because you know you didn't have two hundred channels to choose from. You watched the right. news, a game show, or wrestling. Right, exactly. you know, so exactly right. a lot of folks watched that program, and you know, do high school or excuse me, uh, studio wrestling, where they have maybe you know fifty people jammed in the studio in the ring and. Yeah. It was a great time in wrestling. So the transition for you to go from someone who wasn't necessarily a fan or hadn't necessarily seen a lot of it, I'm into the ring. What was that transition like for you? Extremely hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, coming out of a football background and everything and very extremely conservative background, you know, and all, you know, in football, you got a helmet, shoulder pads, you got 10 other guys around you. The fans are 50 yards away from you, you know, super, got a face mask on. And wrestling, your fans are right there, and you're in the ring with a pair of short shorts and patent leather boots on. (laughs) They're five feet away from me. Everybody in the building is looking at you. I was so self-conscious for so long. I was just, it was hard to do. I I just had a mustache back then. I started off as Big Jim Duggan, which you have to go to the show to hear the whole story. Yeah. (laughs) But I I had a mustache. I used to just kept, I stood in the corner. I just kept twirling it. I was so nervous. I was... uh, it was a tough, uh, tough transition. It took me years to learn the business. And that's uh, like the second generation guys, Jake the Snake Roberts, mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase, Kurt hitting guys like that are just that much more polished. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, it's a tough business. Yeah. At what point did wrestlers start to get, I always think of like the Ultimate Warrior as being one of the first guys who was just totally just ripped. Uh, um, you know, you guys were all um, athletes. I'm obviously all um, athletic, but that was really kind of the first guy, as I remember, growing well, up. Well, no, was, you look at the superstar Billy Graham. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're, they always had the bo- Ivan Putski. There's yeah, always a yeah. body guy. You know, it's a marketing idea. You want to have something for everybody. You want to have a, mo- a body guy. You want a pretty boy. You want a wild man. You want a mask guy. You know, yeah. you want a couple of girls, maybe a midget. You know, something <laughs> for the whole show, something to appeal to everybody. Yeah. But you know what? A lot of folks don't realize is how competitive wrestling is. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody goes, ah, wrestling. I, I, I want to be a wrestler. I said, if you look at it as a business, the way I've supported my family, I've been with my wife now for 35 years, put two uh-huh. daughters through school. It's been a great business for me. So as a business, I tell kids, you know, chase your dream because who would ever thought Daniel Bryant would become a star? Right. There's right. a kid that had the desire, the work ethic, and, and he made himself a huge star. But I said, there, you know, this year there's 1,500 NFL football players playing in the NFL. There's 500 NBA basketball players. There's 100 WWE yeah. wrestlers. It's yeah. a television show. Yep. It's more competitive than sports. It has nothing to do with what happens in the ring as a business. And it's just not kids from America. you got kids from Japan, Australia, Europe. Everybody wants to be a WWE wrestler. I love it. People, well, you guys are all good friends, aren't you? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all compete for the same money. We're, yeah, we're very good friends. But, uh, yeah, it's a very, very competitive business. Well, what does it take to succeed, then? It's no set deal. What yeah. works, works. I mean, who would ever thought a two-by-four, the guy yelling, <laughs> ho, would work, you know? 
People say you're hacksaw yeah. dugging, but you carry a two by four. Shouldn't you be uh, hacksaw uh, two by four dugging? Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring to it. That does. It does. It's, it's wrestling. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. And it's a great show. I find yeah. folks that are critical of it have never been. Yeah. And of course, I was just down in Orlando for the Pro Bowl. I did a charity event, mm-hmm. not the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl the week before. You know, I was down there with all those NFL guys. You know, I'm, I'm in the union because I, I uh, squirreled in that one year. Wow, yeah. So, so anyway, I'm always like, world champions. Where in the world do you fellas go? <laughs> and they're like, well, uh, you know, we went to London. Yeah. And I'm like, it's yeah. like going to the West Coast. Yeah. Come on. And, and my 40 years in wrestling, I wrestled every state in the union, every province in Canada, in 30 different countries. Yeah. It's unbelievable the appeal of wrestling around the world. I said, nobody knows Tom Brady down in Christ Church, but right. they'll go, ho! <laughs> Why do you suppose that is? What do you suppose it it's is about It's a great that? show. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, folks that have critical never been. They're like, ah, oh, wrestling, yeah. I, don't like, I don't like it. Have you ever been? They're like, no. You come, you cheer the good guy, you boo the bad guy, or you go sit in a movie for three hours. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be a, and God bless, thank goodness for the, the hardcore fans that we have a huge amount of. But for the casual fans that have never been, you know, instead of having dinner and a movie, check out a, or even an independent show, because they're the, the young guys that are busting their butt trying to get that break and they're going against the odds. Like I said, you, the odds of making it are a million. You've got a better chance of playing in the NBA right, right. than becoming a WWE wrestler. But these kids put on great shows. Yeah. You get closer to the ring; at their fun. Yeah, there's a guy um, opening for you um, tonight, uh, Jake Manning, mm-hmm. um, who's a pro wrestler. He said he's wrestled you in the ring. You're still mm-hmm. every well, so not, often. You yeah, still get in the ring. Not, not too much anymore. Not too much. Okay. I've, I've right. had a rough year with a, a yeah. few health issues. Yeah. Uh, just tur- I turned sixty-six this January. Oh, yeah. But Hogan and Flair still call me kid. <laughs> but, yeah, I was getting in the ring not too long ago. Yeah. That's one of my jokes I tell on my show. I said, you know, and all the kids I wrestle are 6'5", 300 pounds, 25 years old. You know, they're, yeah. they're like, Mr. Doggett, are we on TV? And I'm like, I hope not, son, i tell you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been a good business for me. Like I said, so many folks see the movie The Wrestler. One of my best friends in my life, Jake the Snake Roberts, yeah. has struggled with all kinds of drug and marital issues. Mm-hmm. For me, it's great. You know, yeah. uh, like I said, 35 years with a wife, uh, put the two girls mm-hmm. through school. I never had to go to rehab for booze or drugs. Did a lot of both. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the 80s. Sure, yeah. And people said, well, you guys were kind of like the NFL. I'm like, no, no. We were more like. Uh, Kiss, <laughs> you're yeah. a rock and roll band. Yeah, you're flying around the world. I mean, like, a lot of drugs, a lot of women, a lot of booze. Man, I miss the old days. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's why though we have such a high divorce rate, sure, high drug and alcoholism rate, and yeah. a real high death rate. It, it, I, I was going to say when you look at the I'm at the death rate of professional wrestlers and you look at the guys who have gone before you and things do you do you have a sense of 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 that could have been me that could you know because you lived that same brother I, I've, I've dodged many bullets in my yeah. in my life uh, you know not uh, just my, you know I'm a cancer survivor mm-hmm. you know I had mm-hmm. kidney cancer uh, just recently, I was in uh, this past year, I was in the ICU unit twice, uh, mm-hmm. two different times over the past year. So, and not to mention all the BS that happened before sure. that. I've been in 
horrible car wrecks. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I've thrown the dice way too many, many yeah. times, and just uh, and died. My three best friends in the business of my life are all dead. Yeah. Uh, Terry Gordy of uh, the Framus Freebirds, God bless him. He had a drug problem. He had a drug overdose. Doctor Death Steve Williams uh, had uh, throat cancer, and mm -hmm. he passed away. And just recently, God bless him, uh, Piper. You know, God yeah. bless the pipe, and yeah. he had a health uh, heart issue, and he's passed. So we put a lot of junk in our bodies. But, you know, steroids were rampant. I was 312 pounds. I had a 505 bench, you know, yeah. and I wasn't the big guy. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, a lot of uh, – but nobody realized how bad all that stuff was for you back then. Did you have to do it to compete, to stay – no, not really. Yeah, no, no. But I think uh, everybody liked being big and strong, sure. you know. And like I said, nobody realized the risk. But there, yeah, I, I tell the ones I don't have time to tell it in my stand-up show. But you know, back in the day, we were all juiced up and everybody pushing heavy, heavy iron. We're at the Gold's Gym up in Boston, and the sort of Road Warriors, uh, the Warlord, Ultimate Warrior, Barbar, everybody <laughs> pushing heavy iron. The Nasty Boys are the World Tag Team Champions. They're heavy set, you know, real heavy set. They wear the long dusters and the yeah, big yeah. heavy shirt. They come into the gym. They got their world tag team belts on and big triple dip ice cream cones. And <laughs> 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 like, screw you guys, we're the world champs. <laughs> so they wore their belts around. Yeah, they, yeah a, lot of, they, a lot of guys wore their belts that's in a great. lot of different situations, yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah, okay. Some of the pretty boys wore it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about it, 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 how is your health now? Now you had oh, mentioned good. you yeah, had yeah, some, yeah. I dropped uh, dropped about forty pounds. You know, my doctor's like, Jim, you don't see a lot of old uh, heavy guys. Yeah, uh, and I take I, I was bragging because just before I had sixty five, I had my heart issue, and uh, I went into AFib and they couldn't get it to come out, but they did an ablation, so things are going good now. But uh, I was bragging. I'm like, I'm 65. I don't take no medication at all. I said, that'll teach me to keep my mouth shut. That's for sure. But no, but uh, enjoy. Because I tell you, the popularity of wrestling, my wife and I, I've, I've been able to do this stand-up show at Scotland, Wales, England, Canada, and New Zealand. That's amazing. And, of course, when we go around and do Comic-Cons all over the world, just because of the WWF, you know, the 40 years I've been in the ring or in wrestling, uh -huh. You know, I've wrestled for every WCW, Mid-South, but all WWE, but all anybody likes to talk about is the golden age, that WWF, Hogan, Macho, Jake the Snake. Yeah. And uh, that's why I have no ill feelings for Vince McMahon. Could he treat it as better? Yeah, mm -hmm. he sure could. Uh, but I put two daughters through school, and my wife and I travel the world because of what he, he did for us then. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I have no uh, bad feelings for Vince. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, um, couple minutes we have left, you've got a show tonight. I'm in a few minutes. You're actually touring the country. Uh, yeah. A uh, little tour on telling stories, uh, meeting and greeting mm -hmm. fans. Uh, you've got a trunk full of two-by-fours, I'm assuming. That, that your We're all right-handed, though. We didn't bring <laughs> okay. it in. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Thank God Jake's not here, I'll tell you. He brings a whole trunk full of snakes. <laughs> so this is... Uh, I was doing some research, and this is, as we record this, on uh, Sunday night on February 16th, this is the 20th anniversary of you finding a championship belt in the garbage. Wow. And 20, how, 20, 20 years, years today, ago? apparently. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so tell me that story, um, if you don't mind. Uh, 
Actually, there, there was a business uh, story uh, to where the uh, Vince Russo had come into the WCW, and of course, <laughs> when I left WWF and went down to WCW, Ted Turner offered contracts, so we all went down there because he had the no-cut contract. And I think it was my second week down there. I I beat Stunning Steve Austin so bad he had to shave his head and change his <laughs> name. I beat the hair right off the boy's head. I should get a kickback of that Stone Cold thing, right? You know, he should send me a check. <laughs> but anyway, then uh, we had a nice run down there, but Vince Russo came in, and I didn't like Russo, and he didn't like me. You know, we didn't get along. And uh, uh, as a business, he wanted to push me out of my contract. And like we said, it's limited spots out there, and I'm not going to quit, you know, so... They came up with this deal where we're going to make you the janitor of the WCW. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> They're like, well, you got to wear a janitor suit. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. I don't mind wearing a janitor suit. And they said, well, the first vignette we're going to do, we're going to have you clean Vince Russo's toilet with a toothbrush. I said, great. You know, that's what janitors do, brother. <laughs> so the time comes to do the vignette, I took a Diet Coke and poured it in the <laughs> toilet. So it looked oh, nasty. Oh. Instead of doing this deal, you know, I'm hacksaw. Oh, I'm cleaning the toilet. The water's splashing everywhere, you know. I'm doing a great job, tough guy, you know. And that character started to work. And then Jimmy Hart was the one that came up because uh, somebody, I think it was Paige, threw away the title. And yeah. Jimmy's like, uh, Duggan, man, he came up with the, the angle, and I found the TV title in the trash <laughs> from our janitor duties. And see, we were on the Saturday afternoon show mm-hmm. in uh, the WCW back in the Monday Night Wars. They had Nitro and Thursday Night Thunder, Monday Night Nitro and Thursday Night Thunder, compete with Vince's show. The Saturday, you know, it was the, kind of the black sheep of the family. You know, they kind of just, we had, we had zero budget, and, you know, we did our show in the smaller studios. I mean, but we had better ratings than Thunder yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they had this whole, they spent more on fireworks than we, we had our whole production, you know. But Jimmy was a, a great mind. It was wrestling, you know. I was wrestling uh, Fidel, a, a Cuban guy. So the people were chanting USA, you know, it's yeah. it's not rocket science. No, it's not. Yeah. And so you found a belt. Yeah, so, so I the found the belt. And, yeah. I was TV champion. I wore the belt around upside down, backwards forever, <laughs> you know. And and but what and then Vince McMahon bought WCW and so I was the, the last WCW television champion. Which uh, and Vince didn't want that belt. He took all like the the world belt and whatever belt he took, but he didn't yeah. want the the WCW TV title, which in retrospect, looking back, anybody that was a star worked his way up. Anybody was W, you know, Ho- Ho- maybe not Hogan because he was not. Uh, sure. But Flair, Arn, Tully, any of the NWA guys. So. Yeah. But that was never a belt guy. That was my thing. You know, I don't care if I win the match. Long as I win the fight, tough guy. <laughs> like I said, Ted DiBiase may be the greatest technical wrestler in the sport. But he can't fight a lick. And if you're in there with Axel, it's a fight. <laughs> Give me a hole, brother. Ho! Oh, there you go. There it is. Hacksaw uh, Jim Duggan, thank you so much for spending some time with us. My pleasure, uh, um, Have a great time. Please be well. And have um, have fun on, on your tour. Um, say hi to uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan for me when, when you're there. Well, Actually, pleasure. this coming up weekend is this. Where yeah, it's, I leave but, Thursday. Yeah. Head up. We fly yeah. up uh, to Chicago. So yeah. got my jacket. All right. Uh, thank you so much. All right, Brian. Thank you, buddy. Out. Thanks. We'll be back on the Comedy Zone Podcast.
How long do runners need to stretch before hitting the road? This is a 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Stretching muscles while the body is at rest can lengthen muscles and help runners improve performance, reduce injuries, and recover from a tough run faster. But how long should a good stretch last? The simple answer is 30 seconds. This allows your cold muscles to relax and be ready for work. Taking the time to stretch properly is critical, especially if you're coming back from an injury. Something to note though, stretching a muscle group for longer than 30 seconds can actually decrease your speed and hurt your performance. In addition to a good pre-run stretch, spend some time after your run and stretch the same muscle groups for 30 seconds as well. This has been your 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more training tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. back ladies and gentlemen i just i'm so I, I really wish i could have been there for that interview man it was uh it was cool i'm not i'm not a huge you know i'm not a big wrestling guy but i remember all these guys and i know enough about it you know to be able to uh, have a a conversation with them and stuff but but it it, it was it was pretty i mean he is you know, I mean, he goes back to the old days, man. I mean, he's he's he's, uh, he's you know the the what late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, you yeah. Know. That was when it was just good guys and bad guys. Yeah, <clears throat> there was no in between like there is now. Yeah, um, and he would he um, talked about like all the region. You know, there were sort of the regionals Regional and the barn shows and stuff, and then everyone kind of came together. And yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, Vince McMahon's daddy did all of that. Yeah, consolidating those territories. Uh, he really just took it over. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's really cool, man. So now, our podcast wrestler interview list is yep. we we've had uh, Mick Foley, Mick Foley, we've had Jake the Snake Roberts, yep, and we've had Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So we have three. That's a pretty good list. That's I a mean, if you hell that's, of a list. Yeah, if you if you run down like you know legendary wrestlers who are still around and then that's a, that's a good that's a good list if i you know if i had a wish list of like three other if if we had a, like a total of six mm -hmm. and we had three more i would love to sit down with who would i started that shit and had no idea <laughs> Where i got hung in the air here uh rick flair i would love to have. Yeah, oh yeah. I would love to sit down with yeah. Ric Flair. Um, um Sergeant Slaughter still lives around here somewhere. So, you know Sergeant Slaughter never in the military. How about right that? No. <laughs> saw that the other day. <laughs> saw that the other day. Sergeant Slaughter never served. <laughs> I did not know. You couldn't have told me that man wasn't a three star <laughs> commander. Right? I thought he was like Norman Schwarzkopf or somebody. <laughs> General Colin Powell. Never served. Huh. Yeah. You would have thought Sergeant Slaughter, right? It's fake valor. What is it they call that? Those <laughs> guys who run. What is? What do they call artificial valor? No, that can't be right. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Stolen no. valor. Stolen valor. That's it. That. Yep. That was it. He, but he <laughs> sure did look the part. He, oh, he yeah. really looked like he had, had been six tours no, of duty. He did. So I. Uh, the, uh, 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 this is going to sound weird, but but the the uh, um, hockey team that I used to work for. 
in uh, uh, Tucson, Arizona. The, the hockey in Tucson, Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah. it already sounds weird. Right, right. I, which is <laughs> right. So right out of the gate, it's already it's weird. It's already weird. Uh, the coach of um, of the team was this uh, eccentric guy who kind of just knew uh, you know a pretty wide variety of kind of random people, right? Mm-hmm. So um, like Mike Hall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now that you mention it, there there's a lot of similarities. So uh, he would name uh, random people, uh, um, honorary captains each year, and then at the end of the season, they'd have the banquet, and the honorary captain would be invited. Huh. Um, invited to the banquet. So Sergeant Slaughter one year was the honorary captain. What? Of the uh, of the uh, um, ice cats, um, and so at the banquet that year, we got to hang out with Sergeant Slaughter. Um, I got to um, introduce him when he came up to speak at the banquet. Was he cool? Uh, he was great. Really, really cool guy. Uh, uh, um, but you're, I mean, when he went into character, you're right, man. You would have thought this guy was like, maggot. <laughs> it's exactly. Give me ten maggot. He used to stick that chin out. Yeah. Ah! Um, but that's also weirdly how I met Don Rickles. Really? <laughs> because Rickles was named honorary captain because he said hockey puck. But they didn't let him <laughs> loose on Sergeant Slaughter, did they? No, that wasn't oh, at the same so, night. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It was a aim a different night, but I'm at the banquet. Um, they also had Rickles do a show that 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 year at the banquet. So I saw Don Rickles perform. Whoa! Um, we did a meet and greet. I got insulted by Don Rickles. Whoa! Uh, right. What I did mean, he call you, like a meathead or something? He said, holy it? Christ, look at that guy. Wow. That's what he said. Yeah, but that's, I mean. Hey, man, look. <laughs> I would love him to say that to me. Exactly. Holy Christ, look at that guy. Yeah. He's so, Don Rickles, he didn't have to say anything else. That's, that covers it. No. You just, yeah. Don Rickles' insults sometimes are like pieces of art. Yeah. You look, you listen to it, and you just it's the for the interpretation of the listener. Right. Whatever Jesus Christ, look at that guy, yeah. means to the subjective mind. Is is what yeah. the insult is. He's yeah. brilliant that way. He it doesn't was, even have to it, finish it. It was my life could have ended and that and it would have been fine. Now if I, I walk out on stage and go, geez, look at that guy. Silence. Yeah. Don Rickles, everybody fills it in themselves. Yeah. That's but that's just how great he is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So yeah, I was insulted by Don Rickles. Speaking of Don Rickles, uh well no, not really. But this per- but this person has a sort of pacing like that. He's like he's of that Don Rickles, Phyllis Diller kind of mold. Comedian Sean Jones is who I'm talking about. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So here's what happened. Okay, we talked about the Keenan uh, thing that I was a part of. Oh, also my other two wrestlers before I do that. Oh yeah, yeah. I had Ric Flair. Yep. At another, I'm gonna go with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm. I'm going big. I want. I'm yeah, big. You might, yeah. I want. I want a big one. And then um, I'll get to the third one later. But so. I'm, I'm I'm going in there, and anybody that knows comedian Sean Jones, I mean, this guy is one of those laughs per minute mm-hmm. dudes. So he just he's gonna hit you, and he's not gonna let you up. Some comedians have, you know, they tell more stories. Some of their jokes take a little longer to settle, and all of them are great comedy experiences. It, the, like comedy is not just about who laughs the most. Like that's not it at all. Not good comedy, but he's on that dude who laughs the most family tree. Yeah, right. So we at the uh, Keenan thing, and Sean had his show, Valentine's Day weekend shows, uh, this past week. Yep. So he wanted to come out, I think this thing was on uh, Sunday. 
he wanted to come out Sunday to, to just do a, a, a five-minute set, give people a taste of oh, his the act. The Keenan thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Keenan yeah, okay. thing, to come out yeah. to the Keenan thing so he could do that, give them a taste, and maybe they want to buy tickets for the weekend. So I'm there, and I was... Is he local? Sean Jones isn't local, is he? No. No, I didn't think so. No. Okay. He, he may be soon, though, but, but... But he was here a full week in events. Right. Oh, he okay. was, yeah, he was here. But, I, yeah, I'm not okay. sure what his, what, what his okay. plan is yet. But um, So I'm, I'm up there, and Mike comes up to me, and he goes, like, yeah, well, you're, you're closing out, right? He goes, I go, yeah. And he goes, okay, good. He goes, uh, listen, Sean wants to do, like, five minutes uh, to kind of, you know, build up some stuff for his show coming up on the weekend. Uh, you mind if he just comes up before you? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I might. yeah, I fucking mind. <laughs> that dude is 30 laughs per minute. <laughs> 60 laughs per minute. I'm not going to come up there and AK-47 him like that. Yeah, I mind. <laughs> Tell him to come tomorrow. <laughs> There's an open mic on Tuesday. If you right. Know. I'm like, are there going to be any laughs left for me? <laughs> everybody just. <laughs> Will Jacobs. Will everybody. Jacobs, everybody. <laughs> what? So he went before you, didn't uh, No, I went before oh, him. Did you? No, Good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Switch the order, Mike. <laughs> no, no. He went and uh, he did He did what he does. Oof. And they. by the time I got up there, the shirts were wet. They were sweating. <laughs> They were hunched over. They had laughed themselves into exhaustion. <laughs> and I came up, and they, they saved a few for me. Oh, well, that's nice. So that was, yeah. they saved a few laughs for me. So it was still, it was still good. But, uh, man, that dude just, I mean, he yeah, just hammers him, dude. Yeah. He hammers him. So, and then I came out, actually, for Valentine's Day, uh, my wife and I, we went to dinner on uh, Friday night mm -hmm. at this wonderful restaurant called Zenicola, mm -hmm. uh, this Italian spot. Really, really good food. Uh, so we went there that night, and then we said we're going to come home. Oh, okay. No, right, let me just tell you what happened. Okay, let me tell you what happens. Here's what happens when you're old, okay? I thought to myself, it would be really cool to have dinner and a movie. But the dinner was at 645, which means we're probably not going to get out of there till like 9 o'clock or something like that, right? Or 8.30, something like that. And then when's the next movie time? 10, something after that? You yeah. know, just 7 and 10. Yeah. So we'd have to hit a 10 o'clock movie. And I can't sit in no dark room in a comfortable chair Yeah, two the recliners hours. now? And the, no, right. No, no, I don't no, care no, what movie yeah, it after is. After pasta? No. Right. I don't care if it's 19, 17, whatever the movie is. I can't sit through all that after, after all this food. So we decided to go back home. My wife had never seen Goodwill Hunting, hmm. okay. which is one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. I just love that movie. So I said, we got to watch Goodwill Hunting. So we sit and we put it on and uh, we'd lay in the bed watching Goodwill Hunting, and all of a sudden, her eyes start to flutter. And see, here's my thing, man. If you say you're going to watch a movie, yeah. and, oh, and I understand, sometimes you say you can, and then you get tired. Yeah. But, but be like, hey, you know what, I'm tired, right? So when, when I say to you, hey, you look like you kind of doze in there, let's just cut it, we'll finish it tomorrow, you should be like, yeah. Yeah. But don't be like, no, no, <coughs> no, no, okay, I'm, I'm not sleeping. with me, no, no. So we did this dance for like 10, 20 minutes, and she's missing all the good stuff. Yeah. So um, eventually, I was like, look, I'm going to turn this movie off. This is ridiculous. And she was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So now the whole Valentine's Day mood is off. That's the other thing about being a certain age, uh, any little thing. 
any little yeah. wind can blow the wrong way. And so and somebody's mood is off. I used to be the kind of person where no matter what happened, you can shoot me in the leg. We can still get it in. I just, you know, I just be standing on one foot. But I still will get mine, okay? That's not it anymore. Nope. You say the wrong thing to me earlier in the day. I'm like a woman. Hmm, you think you're going to touch this? You've lost your mind. I talk like a woman. I do. I was, I was like, oh, you just gonna sit up here and you know how much I like that movie. You know how much I wanted you to see that movie. And you just gonna do it. I said, you could at least owned up and said you're tired, so we'd have to waste my time. But now I'm sitting there looking. Robin Williams says something great. I look at you, your head's cocked over. You're not even enjoying the movie. And I'm just sitting watching it for the hundredth time by myself. I said, so if you think that I'm gonna let you touch this, you got another thing coming, missus. Okay? I'm not having it. You're gonna respect me. I was I was watching the movie by myself. I can do that by myself. I can do that by myself too. (laughs) Guess what? And I heard Pornhub Live is free tonight because it's Valentine's Day. Okay, so that was a backup plan the whole time, sister. So you don't worry about it. You go to bed and don't mind. (laughs) Don't mind that coming from my room. Don't you worry about what's going on in here, because Goodwill is about to hunt. (laughs) Whatever that means. Yeah, I'm not sure. So anyway, yeah, I was uh, I was annoyed. Yeah, she hurt, I think hurt the, my little feelings. The mistake you might have made though was getting in the bed to watch a movie. That's what, you know what, and I you, sat up at yeah. a point. If you're gonna be in the bed, you gotta sit up. No, you yeah, cannot lay right. back. And see, I bought my wife this pregnancy pillow some time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had that. She was using that on the bed. And then she just, I mean, I just yeah. saw it happen. I'm like, yeah. this is not, and I mean, it was coming up to the good part, too. I'm like, ah, just, just stay, just stay for the hug where he says it's with- not your fault. <laughs> just stay, just stay for the not your fault. It's my part. No, she gone. Yeah, it's tough. So I said, no, you will, I said, you will not be getting any of this, okay? <laughs> you can forget it, sister. You can forget it. <laughs> You are. It bears mentioning you're doing the head thing. Oh know. yeah, I <laughs> did that, that. I did that that night. Did you do any snapping? I didn't think to snap, but I definitely. <laughs> w- I, I shook my head though. I said, "Let me tell you something, okay?" Yeah. So um, we we ended up ended up uh, watching it the next day, but <clears throat> that night we went to see Sean perform at the Comedy Zone. Okay. Uh, so I said, yeah. uh, "I said um, we could go check that out." And he was just absolutely great. I mean, he was just he just tore it up, man. It was him. I think Christian Johnson was the opener. Wow. And, okay. and then yeah, Christian Johnson was the opener. And and uh I forget that I wish I could remember the dude's name. Justin Jackson might have been the feature. But Ray Money did a guest set too. Oh wow. Okay. Ray Money did a guest That's set. A good show. Yeah, it was a good show. And then uh Sean came out, tore it down. So we we got our laugh on yeah. and we weren't even thinking about the night before. But I it was just funny to me when I remembered. I'm like, I hear I really have become started doing what women usually do to men. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm at the point where I can be knocked right out of the mood if you say the wrong <laughs> thing. Like, oh please, yeah, I'll go straight to Pornhub. Don't you, don't you worry. <laughs> it's too easy right now. It's too, I, I don't. It know is that. free. Yeah. Okay, they yeah. they messed they messed up when they made it free. But even I mean, do you have to? I mean, to me, anyone who has a porn membership, there's enough out there. Yeah, right, now that you don't need. But there was a time, man, where it was just fuzzy channels, and you oh, kind sure. of like the Spice Channel and all this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember one time when I was a kid, <laughs> I didn't know that you, when you ordered porn, it showed up on the phone bill. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so I, was, I was at my grandparents' house. <laughs> my, my grandpa was like, what is Beautiful Beavers? Uh, <laughs> uh, nature documentary, <laughs> grandpa. <laughs> 
What is <laughs> tropical hose? Uh, part one or two? Uh, yeah. So so um. But now yeah, it's a whole different ball game. Whole well, game. when I was a kid, we had HBO. Was like like first of all, cable was brand new when I was about like ten or eleven years old, like mm-hmm. around there. So when you would tune it to HBO and it would be all scrambled. Mm-hmm. But every now and again, the picture would kind of settle a little bit. It would still be scrambled in the wrong color, but it would kind of settle in place a little bit for a few seconds. And like at night, you know, yeah, I became a man to scrambled HBO. That's it. As soon as you get yeah. them 10 seconds. Gentlemen, start your engines. <laughs> <laughs> you, better, you better hurry. You better hurry. So, <coughs> but, but all said, oh, go ahead. So speaking of Sean Jones. Mm-hmm. How would you let me ask? How would you interpret this? So you had texted me earlier in the week and yeah. said that Sean needs a, a DVD from this file that he's got. Right? Can you, Will Jacobs, put him in touch with me? Yeah. Which we did, yeah. and you know we worked it out. I got the DVD for him. Everything was perfect. Great. Um, he was super nice uh, in the process because it did take you know a little bit of work. It took me a day because I don't have the gear to make a DVD anymore because mm-hmm. nobody really does that. Yeah. So you know I had to jump through some hoops to get the DVD made. He was super thankful along the way. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like yeah. you know I'll leave it at the box office on Thursday. It'll be there for you when you show up at the club. Mm-hmm. So I go to the club. I. Uh, I leave the DVD at the box office. On my way out, I text him, hey, you know, your DVD and your little thumb drive's at the box office. He was effusively thankful, the half dozen or so text messages we had um, exchanged before. All of a sudden, hey, your DVD's at the box office. Okay, thanks. What? When was this? <laughs> this was Thursday afternoon. Because if we're talking about... Coming up on when his shows were starting. Yeah, maybe he was. He was probably just in okay thanks mode. Yeah, that, that would be my interpretation. <laughs> now, if you'd have said it was Tuesday, yeah, or yeah. Wednesday, <laughs> it's like, but it's you know, show, yeah. I know, I know he, uh, you know, he had a lot invested in that weekend. Yeah, he might have been napping or something too. Sometimes yeah. in the afternoon. That, yeah, because yeah, that because his ge- he's generally that way. Yeah, yeah. So anytime that something like that is a serious departure, I usually, I, I for him. I would imagine it was because his uh, shows were coming up. But yeah, I didn't read anything into it or anything. But I just thought it was funny because he was like, "Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. What can I do for you?" I'm like, "Nothing, man. Don't worry." And about then it. he hit you with okay, okay, thanks. thanks. Well, here, well, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm planning on. I'm trying to get. I almost had him for tonight. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I think we might be able to snag him next week. Okay. Um, we've been talking about it, so we can definitely ask him. I want to okay. ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that dry ass? Okay, thanks. So we can we, we can ask him that live on the pod. Yeah, all right. We we will do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, so what if he was mad? Yeah, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed." I'll tell you what I was thinking. <laughs> Have we ever had anybody seriously pissed on the pod before? We've had people who weren't happy to be here. <laughs> We've had a few of those. <laughs> Big Jay Okerson. <laughs> was that that we started and he was like I'm here but I'll tell you this was a big ask <laughs> yeah. was, uh, my man from the Legion of, was he one of the Legion of Skanks guys he, we talked wrestling well, I want to say Jamie lot. Kennedy wasn't really nah, happy to be was yeah. it Jamie he, Kennedy he was, wasn't either no he was not very happy to be here <laughs> but this dude was um, 
skinny kind of Tony Tony kill Tony. Uh, yes, what's uh, name? Hinchcliffe. Hinchcliffe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was no. Yeah, he was like he was not this. Dead. I'll tell you now. This was a big <laughs> ask. <laughs> and then Craig Robinson made us wait like an hour right, yeah. before he even came and sat down. So we've had some people that big timed us a little bit, but nobody but, that was just mad during the interview. I can't, I can't really. I know Rodman one time was like, he was like, I don't talk about my family. Yeah. But I was <laughs> like, I mentioned his wife or something. I was like, well, how do you balance this with, you know, having a family? I know you're married. You talk about your wife. And how do you balance that lifestyle? Oh, and I don't talk about my family now. I don't bring it. I don't talk about it. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> Mr. Rodman. <laughs> so, yeah, but but I can't think of, I can't think of yeah, a lot no, of Yeah, no, most everyone has been really else. gracious and... And really, um, I mean, even like the the A-list, you know, Gilbert Gottfried was great. I missed that. Saget, yeah. You know, Saget our our, our first guest ever was Saget. He was fantastic. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Our first question on this podcast was me asking Bob Saget, "How much of a thrill has it been for you to work with me?" <laughs> <laughs> that really set the tone for what this podcast has been it for five really years. Really did. Now that you mention it, <laughs> you're right. I have stayed pretty much on yeah. brand uh, throughout. We are actually uh, five years in May. That we've been Dude, doing this I can't. What are we going to do for five years? We should do something. We got to do another live show, but do it at the Comedy Zone or something. Let's do yeah. Let's do a, a show that people might come and see. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to have some good guests. I mean, it'd be, you know what would be great, man? If we had, like, if we somehow were able to get, like, Sammy back, Spencer back. You know, like a five. I don't think either one of them are coming back. <laughs> or or, or even if they called in and we had some fun with. Yeah, them. we could do that maybe. Uh, but we'd have to have like a. I'd love to get Bob Saget back for five years. That'd be fun. Maybe like a call or. I, I got to figure out something. But it would be great to. I mean, even some of our past guests. You know, if they were just willing to even just leave a voice thing, like, hey, you know, we just play messages. Just do yeah, send us a video. Yeah, yeah, or, send us th- that. Would be fun. <sighs> Would be cool. Ninety percent would be like, "What show? What do they do? What? I know who. Will what? Um, I reached out to Spencer actually last week and asked oh, yeah. if uh, if she could send me a signed copy of the script from the MLK episode that she got her first writing. Oh wow! And credit. And she said she's going to try. She doesn't know what the policy is for old scripts and stuff, but she's going to try to get it. Oh, that'd be great. be really cool. Yeah, we could put that up in the yeah, absolutely in the something or another. Yeah, we'll put it up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So, so what do we do? We have anything coming up? Any uh, potty podcasty stuff? No, really? no, yeah. I mean, there's stuff. I mean, yeah. There, there, there's you know. I mean, the network's got some stuff going on. I've got Orlando in the beginning of March. Uh, What's Orlando? You going to Disneyland? Uh, or uh, <laughs> yes, I'm going to uh, Harry Potterville. Yeah, oh. I'm going there. No, uh, 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 Podfest uh, Multimedia Expo. I'm on a panel there uh, about um, um, hyperlocal uh, podcasting. Oh well, you you're the man to talk to for that. Yeah, man. so that'll be great. I'm um, looking forward to that. So that's the first weekend. Uh, first full weekend in March. So I think we fly on in the fifth or sixth, and I'll be there until the ninth. Now, how has how has uh, the network's been around officially? How long? Uh, officially t- two years. Okay. But we're on the well heading into the third year. But we're on the second year with Arthur Carolina as the as the title sponsor. So so, so are the sponsors happy? Sponsors are thrilled. Are they really? They are. Yeah, Arthur loves us. Uh, I think it's. Uh, 
having somebody like Arthur Carolina who just gets it, mm-hmm. you know, who understands that, you know, getting involved in this thing was kind of a risk to begin with. Um, and to get the return that they've gotten um, um, for what they've given us. I mean, this whole thing I, exists the way it is right now because Ortho Carolina jumped on board so early and, and, and uh, um, Advent co-working as well and, and, and really kind of made this possible with this space and the, the um, ability for us to grow from you know, from originally when we first launched five podcasts to now 27. Um, Two-thirds of those are actually produced by the network itself. So we're producing our own content now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is just because, um, you know, Ortho Carolina saw something in this that 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 uh, even, you know, at the time, I don't even necessarily know that I saw it that, that early. But... Um, but it, yeah, uh, they're super happy, um, and they just get it. You know, they understand that. You know, like I said, that it's a, it was a, I'm a bit of a risk, but that they're involved with something that's kind of cool, and it's a, it's a one of its kind in the country right now, and 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 uh, they're excited to be involved. That's great. You know what? <clears throat> I think next week or one of the in one of the coming weeks, we really should just sit down and and kind of discuss how all of this came together because I don't know that we've ever talked on the pod about because I think people here sponsorship it grew from this to that but they don't know okay who was the first person or how did the conversations happen or yeah i think you know, we did, did initially we uh you know we talked about it when ortho carolina kind of first came on board we did a podcast but we can bring in some of the other podcasters and that's a, actually kind of um th- one of the things i want to do is now that we sort of have this this stable of um comedy podcasts is to kind of cross pollinate a little bit have the guys from um well we've had the guys from the podcast from now on um, but have you know get you and Jason on the podcast from hell or maybe on Prime after Prime, um, you know, and and, and uh, uh, um, cross pollinate them a little bit. But you know, we could bring the original, you know, the original uh, podcast together, mm-hmm. uh, the Comedy Zone, Yelp, Charlotte, the Charlotte podcast, and um, Cheer Charlotte Radio. That'd be fun. Yeah, you yeah. know, to bring the the uh, OG QCPN podcasters together. Yeah, the the first what four or five. Uh, the, the originally there were five. Uh, Creative loafing doesn't exist anymore. But um, so of the original five, there's only four remaining that that were, um, you know, that were kind of um, were the five that we originally brought together just to see what would happen if you know five podcasts talked about each other. Now the the fir- what was the first podcast you did in Charlotte? Uh, the first. Gosh, um, when I moved here, I was running a network called Radio Exiles, and it was um, a network uh, that was mostly populated by a lot of my old radio friends who had worked for Clear Channel and had lost their jobs in in one of the two um, Clear Channel purges in the in the late two uh, thousands, mm-hmm. um, and, s- uh, and so I folded that network in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen somewhere around there. Uh, then did uh, some podcasts for the Sporting News for a little while, and then uh, reached out to Lisa Barr at the Comedy Zone in 2015 and said, you know, what if we did this? And she went for it. Hef didn't really know what a podcast was at the time, but he trusted Lisa and he trusted me, and so we went ahead and launched this thing, and now it's grown into this. And he still doesn't know what a podcast is. Mm, not a clue. He's been a guest, and I don't think <laughs> knows. Uh, still what a podcast is. He so knows roughly what a podcast. So, is. so of the so then we were the first of this 
crew of podcasts then? Um, we were, uh, um, well, the first two, um, I was producing the Comedy Zone, yes. So of the of the currently existing network podcast, the Comedy Zone was the first. Yeah, that's all I was uh, That I was um, involved in. And then Yelp. Yeah. Um, and then we brought in um, uh, the Charlotte podcast. So Here's then Charlotte there is, a, so then it started with four or five, but. It started with five. We were, yeah. we were, the, f- we were the first. We, we were, were the yeah. Um, we were the OGs. I'm literally the first because then uh, my friend uh, 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 Nikki Wolf came to me and said I want to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. So we started doing the Yelp Charlotte podcast, mm-hmm. and so I was already involved in two of the five that we brought together anyway. Yeah, um, and they all said yes. You know, when I said, "Hey, I want to do this thing," and they're like, "Yep, let's let's do that." And, and here we are, all these years later, three, well, two years later, basically. Yeah, feels like thirty. It does. It does feel like thirty. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I can't. I can't think of anything else I have coming up. I wanted to. I know uh, we can talk next time. I had a show at a winery this past week. My red, my red wine people. Um, Don Garrett was there, the MC. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. Wow. this dude is the hardest working <laughs> MC in MC business. Don was there. We had a great time. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, I'm trying to think of if I have anything coming up soon. I do have a major announcement coming up in a couple of weeks, but I'm going to hold off on that uh, for now. Uh, so so you'll hear something from me on that. But uh, that's pretty much all I got this week. Nothing from you? No, nothing. I think I, I, think I did it. Well, I'm good. Only one thing left for me to say. Ho! See you all next week. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs> <laughs>